After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. to the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Tuesday night after an ugly, ugly Kings loss in Philly, 123-103. to It was a 20-point victory for the Sixers, but it felt like it was 60. It was hideous tonight. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? I'm good. I'm fine. If you were to... Compare tonight's King's loss to something that has happened in your life. What would you compare it to? Wow. Well, wasn't expecting that question so quick. Um, you know, I guess I would just compare it to like, uh, probably like half-ass studying for a test and then not getting a C and getting an F on the test. Ooh. Ooh, you know? That's a good one. Do you do yeah. a lot of that in school? Um, <laughs> no, there's a lot of times I would study really, really hard and I would still fail, especially in math. Uh, also, shout out the fact that Morgan is in San Francisco tonight because the Kings have a back-to-back, so she is staying in the city. That's where the NBC Sports California studios are. Uh, they should probably have some a set of studios in Sacramento, but that's just my opinion. But Morgan's in San Francisco for the next uh, couple of nights, so she is joining us remotely. Um. Yeah, I felt like today the the game reminded me of something that happened to me today, actually. I was on this nice, beautiful walk, optimistic, out the door with the dogs. Oh, let's have some fun. And it's like, oh, it's kind of cold out. It's a little, a little chilly for Deuce. But you know what? I'm going to make the best of it. We're going to try out here. And then I was like, come on, guys, let's run. I'm running, running, running. We finally stop. And I go to look for my phone. Where's my phone? Oh, my phone's gone. I spent 30 minutes searching a park to find my phone that I dropped because all I was trying to do is have some fun with the dogs. And tonight, all I was trying to do is watch the Kings play a competitive game of basketball. We did not see that tonight. Yeah, that was, it's very interesting comparison, but like, I, I get it. Um, and no, that's, that's it. I think, I think I think the most disappointing thing about this loss was that I was really hoping for a response to the last ugly loss we just got. And this ended up being one of the 
worst losses of the season, at least point-wise, their worst loss, 20-point loss um, by the Kings, and just losing two straight was just kind of uh, in, in that fashion that they lost it in was just annoying. And really quick, Deuce, it was annoying because of the way that we saw them lose against the Milwaukee Bucks. It was like, they're better than this. Yeah, I felt like tonight what was so frustrating was you knew going in and Bede gets calls. And Bede takes a ton of free throws. I believe it was 12 a game. In this game, he ends up shooting 13, so a little above his average. But from the get, getting Sabonis into foul trouble. Keegan picking up two quick fouls. Then they go, Namias Kata, I know you just got off the plane from Stockton. You're in Philly now. You're getting in the game, which kind of surprised me a little bit that he got in that fast. And then he picked up three fouls in like two minutes. And some of the fouls, no doubt about it, questionable. I'm not denying that. I thought the officiating wasn't great. But the reality is they did not fight through it at all. And I feel like for a team that handled adversity so well in the beginning of the season after that 0-4 start, and even some of the games they played, it was like, all right, we got hit, but we're hitting back. I feel like tonight they got hit early and they just never recovered. It was like they were just trying to throw knockout punches instead of just play your game. Just go out there and execute what you guys do well, and that's run your offense, get into your stuff. Obviously, it hurts when you're having defensive breakdowns all all over the court, but I also felt like the offense didn't do them any favors with some of the shot selection. I'm not saying everybody. Some of it is just this team is missing a ton of shots right now, but some of it is they are not playing the same style they wore maybe, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah, and I think that same style is... I've used this word so many times that I actually looked up a different word uh, to use, but I think it's just perfect. Disciplined basketball. And when they're playing well, you can tell how disciplined they are. And that's on the defensive end with the verticality, all the way on the offensive end, running through the shot clock, making sure you're running without the basketball, running in the right places, just playing smart basketball. And they haven't been playing that style of basketball, even in these last two games. And that's what's been the most disappointing thing is you got back-to-back games where I felt like, ooh, this one they're not even going to come back from. They're not even finding a groove in their game. And we talked about the missed shots in the post game. And yeah, I understand this King squad early on making all their shots. And it's like, ooh, this team's real if they're making all their shots. And you're not going to always make your shots in the NBA. And what I liked is that they started creating a different type of identity. They started to show that they could do more moving without the basketball, backdoor cuts, uh, just playing smart offensive basketball. And they're not doing that right now, Deuce. It is tough to get into any rhythm when, you know, your your guy that you need out there, Sabonis, who has been playing at such a high level, he's playing at an all NBA level this year, has to come out pretty fast. And then it's like, hey, Namias Keda, you really haven't played this year. You've been in the G League. Go out there and try to deal with Embiid. It's a tough ask, you know, and I, I <laughs> could see how it got them out of a rhythm for sure. But, you know, it was still early, and I just felt like it was just an all-out blitz. You know, Harris got going, Embiid did his thing, Harden got going in the second quarter. And I was a little more optimistic once I heard Fox was coming back in the, in this game tonight because he had been out since that Milwaukee game last Wednesday. And I don't know, I thought maybe they would just sit him out, but he, apparently he was feeling good enough to go. He looked like he was completely out of rhythm, like everything was short. I know he had a couple threes that bounced out, but 
he, he could not get it going. And when, when he's not going, he was five of 15. He was one of seven from three. This stat blew my mind. The Kings hit two threes in their first five possessions. And then G-Man said a stat tonight after that. Uh, this was like late third quarter that they had made two in their next 60 possessions. So, oh, yeah. my God. They end up hitting 10, but they were 10 of 42 from three tonight. What do you think? I know I'm going all over the place, but uh, anything jump out to you about Fox and his return? Yeah, and and I'm going to talk about Fox, but I just want to say even with those threes, Deuce, a lot of those threes open looks too. Mike Brown talked a little bit about it after the game, but for De'Aaron Fox, um, it was it's disappointing when you see him still not have that same pop that he had to start this season. And it does make me think, like, look, if it's a foot, that shit's gonna linger. That's that's a big part of your game. That doesn't just go away with three days rest. Like, I understand. Well, it's more it. than three days. I mean, he, it was last Wednesday against Milwaukee. It was, okay. you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I mean, nearly six days of rest. Okay, six days of rest. So even then, even then, not even a full week of rest. But yes, you're absolutely right. More than three days. Um, but looking at that for him, you're seeing that he needs to physically be closer to a hundred percent if he's going to be the good deer and fox that we've seen like he's not his game it's not like he relies on his outside shooting so he doesn't need to be explosive and go to the basket because if he's not explosive and and having all the defense collapse on him then everyone else doesn't become this threat then he doesn't become this threat that he was to start this season and then even his off-ball movement isn't exactly the same there's still a lot of good things he's doing out there and I admire that he wants to push through things like I completely understand that but I think there just comes a time where it's like yo now is not the time if you're gonna still look like this I was surprised at the timing of him coming back. And again, I don't know. Obviously, he felt good enough to play tonight. All right. And they cleared him, right? He had been questionable. I just thought, you know, you are playing a back-to-back. Would have made more sense just to bring him back against Toronto and just kind of see what you could do against Philly tonight and then have him fresh an additional day uh, against Toronto. Hell, I mean, I wasn't even opposed to leaving him off this road trip completely and just getting him ready for that Monday game back home against Charlotte. But it is what it is, and you just hope it's something that, hey, tonight was more about the fact that it just wasn't dropping for him because he had been off a week and, you know, he just needs to get back in rhythm. But he wasn't good tonight, and so that hurts you. I mean, the reality, I felt like this game felt very similar to Kings games we've seen in previous years. I mean, they gave up 80 points at the half. It was 80-55 at the half. Well, look at the transition numbers, too, the, or the fast break points for the Sixers. 23 fast break points for them. And I think when at first when I looked at them, it was such a big difference between the two teams, especially in that first half. But that's where they kept starting to dig and dig and dig the hole. And you saw the way that the Kings weren't getting back in transition. All their shots the rebounds were flying off the rim, right? They're long shots, so they're long rebounds. And instead of getting those second chance opportunities, the Sixers were doing a good job of just 
pushing that shit out, getting what they want. I think Will Z also had a stat about deflections. I know he had the Kings only had two deflections tonight. And I believe he said the Sixers had 16 deflections. And you just look at the activity on the defensive end as well. Just a different story from both these squads. And that's what crushes me because that is so much of an effort thing. Like I get if you're not going to completely stop Joel Embiid, but when you have shake just, taking it to the rack on you line drive or going mm. baseline or whatever it is. That's when you're letting these other guys beat you Tobias Harris, James Harden. Obviously he's one of the best shock creators ever in the NBA, but still it was frustrating to see everyone else dominate. Can I give you the most depressing stat of the night? Actually, I, I want you to guess. I want to guess. I want the chat to guess, guess too. What do you think is the most depressing stat from this game tonight? Let the chat guess a little bit. I want you to guess too, Morgan. Oh, okay. Well, um, it could be Kings related. It could be Sixers related. Um. Ooh. I don't think I, anybody's going to get this. Okay. Um. Is it something about the Sixers guys and the amount of games that they've played together? No. No. But okay. What's, do you have that? Well, I saw Stat Muse put that out. Uh, well, here's the, the one thing about the Sixers real fast, and we'll go back to the Kings. Okay. You know, they're 15 and 12 now, and I know you go 15 and 12. They got to be better than that. Yeah, but that's with Harden missing 14 games. That's with Maxi missing 11. This yeah. is a tough matchup for sure. Do you, do you want to hear it? Yes. Um. So Sixers this season, they're fifth in the Eastern Conference, fifth in defensive rating, seventh in net rating, and Bede leading the league in points per game. Harden and Bede Maxi have only played Six games together. Exactly. And, it, and you know, they didn't look perfect at times when those guys were playing. I felt like they needed to get Maxi more involved. He's very important to what they do. But, you know, Harden was really good in this game. He had 21 points, 15 assists. He had seven rebounds. And Bede had 31 and seven in just 30 minutes on 10 of 16. He was 11 of 13 from the free throw line. I'm getting a lot of good guesses. People talking about Herter, seven points. 80 at the half, fast break point, three-point shooting. I'm looking. Ooh. Go ahead. The foul shots, someone brought that up. No. Okay. The most depressing stat is the fact that Matisse Thibel scored 15 points on five of seven shooting. Perspective. Matisse Thibel, 15 points. The last six games before tonight, he combined for 16 points. Does that hurt? Does that hurt you? Does that hurt you? That's yes. depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so annoying. It's so annoying. Cause that's, that's what I didn't want to see tonight. Deuce. It was just other guys beating you and Joel Embiid still dominated and it allowed other guys to kind of, get what they wanted to. I think Harden did a great job of collapsing the defense, taking it in. Um, and then he dished out. How many assists did he end with? He ended with 15 assists. Yeah. 15 assists. I said that. Yeah. Yeah, hell, hell, Tobias Harris had 21, nine assists and seven rebounds. Morgan, they knocked down 16 of 35 from three. So yeah, the defense wasn't good. I also think it's a tough matchup too. The, here's my problem with how the Sixers play. I, Embiid gets every call. It's just every single call. And some of them, I'm just like, how you're going to give Sabonis his third foul when he clearly did not foul him, right? Like his chest was, what did he do wrong on that play? 
Like, you, you got to let some guys bang a little bit. They're going to get physical. This is Embiid, but just because he goes falling down doesn't mean you blow the whistle. That, I mean, the, and, and that did impact the game early. It did. It, well, and the Kings still had time to figure it out, and I'm not blaming it on that, but those things early were just so frustrating. Mike Brown talked about that after the game, how those early fouls really screwed up the flow of the game. He was like, I'm not trying to blame, you know, obviously there's going to be bad calls, all these things, but it definitely affected the flow, the rhythm of the game early on. You saw that with Keegan, you saw that with Sabonis and you're right. Like the amount of times that we see these bigs get the shit beat out of them. And then you're going to call some physical play on big on big. It was just, yeah, it, it, Super frustrating. Um, looking at the last four games, you know, we are four games into the road trip. A six-game road trip. It's a long road trip. They play to Toronto tomorrow. They wrap up Friday when they take on the Pistons. So this four-game sample size, the Kings are one in three, right? Um, Milwaukee, they are competitive. Milwaukee ran away with it at the end. The Cavs game, it was a grind. Then the Kings shut them out on a 19-0 run. Then you had the Knicks game where it was... Not good, right? You had a lot of missed shots. I still felt like the starters did a good job getting good looks, but they missed shots. And then you had tonight, which I, I am having a tough time finding anything good from tonight. I might present one thing in a bit. But this last four games, the Kings are 48 for 152 from three. And I know you're going, Deuce, can you do the math for me? Well, I'm not doing the math. 31.6% from three over the last four games. That's, I mean, that that's awful for especially yeah. what they were doing and what they're trying to accomplish. And especially on nights where it's like, okay, nothing else is going for you. Oh, and you're shooting, nothing's falling. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it was, um, it's like you said, there was nothing really good I, about tonight. Just to be but, clear, I was not done with the last four game stats. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. So sorry. I'm sorry. I, I know you're like, please be done. I mean, 31% from three. That's bad. There's more. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, there are uh, 105 points a game. That's 29th in the NBA during this stretch. There are assists 20 per game, which is last in the NBA during the stretch. Of course you're missing shots. Not as many as assist might be a little overrated there. Uh, during this four game stretch, they are 29, 29th out of uh, 30 in offensive rating. But they're 16th in defensive rating in the last four games. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not good. The, uh, you know, the, this last four games have been a bit of a grind. We knew it was going to be challenging. The Bucs are really good. The Bucs did bounce back uh, tonight, beating the Warriors in a game. Um, the Cavs, they're kind of in, in a mini funk. They just lost to the Spurs last night, which is kind of weird. Uh, the Knicks had been playing better, right? They've won four in a row now. They seem like they're putting it together. And then the Sixers... It's a good team. Embiid is playing some high-level basketball right now. Like, even some of the double teams they were throwing his way, I just felt like early it didn't really matter. He is moving so well. He looks more fluid than ever. It looks disgusting out there. So we knew this was going to be a challenging trip. You still have got you've got two games left to to get a couple. I think in two things to this because you're absolutely right. I think sometimes right now our expectations of the Kings have changed. And so when we do talk about them, even losing to Philly, it's more the way that they did lose. Cause I saw some people on our chat talk. Philly is a better team, even without Maxi. 
they're absolutely like they they have some yeah, yeah. great pieces obviously in Harden and Embiid alone but yes completely understood it's more of the way that the Kings lost we knew Milwaukee was a better team but they lost in a different style in a different fashion so yeah it's um it's just one of those things where I I I completely understand it but you just want to see a different game from them and let's talk about the way that they play defense on Joel Embiid. You and I talked about this off camera and we were talking about how the Boston Celtics did a good job of stopping Joel Embiid. Whenever he'd put the ball on the floor, they would send the double over, distract, they'd take away his vision, make his life so much harder. But everyone on the floor is moving on a string at that point where tonight you saw if it was Davion going and throwing the double at Embiid, you know, it was waiting until that second dribble you have to go on the first dribble and then even from there who's coming over middle everyone was two steps behind two steps slow and it just they're not ready for it but I'm glad that they're understanding what they're going to have to do to beat the good teams in the NBA yeah and the Sixers have a nice recipe when you've got a guy as dominant as Embiid and you're fourth in the NBA in three-point percentage I mean they, they, they've kind of got some things figured out. I mean, you know, we can have a different conversation about whether or not we think they're a championship caliber team. That's up for discussion for sure. But they are a really talented team that is putting it together. And, and Bede's obviously a big part of it. I, I'm very curious to, I don't even know if I can find a stat on this easily, but just what are the paint touches for Sacramento compared to when things were going well? Um, mm. Yeah, I just, I think without Fox... And then with Fox being kind of not 100%, the way Malik Monk has kind of played over this last stretch of games, I just don't feel like they're creating the same looks for from three. And I know some people are saying, well, the potential assists are still high and they are still getting some open looks. But are they still the same open looks that they were generating before? You know, I, I just, I, I'm not a big fan of quick shots. You know, I think Terrence Davis, Malik Monk, probably the most guilty of quick shots from three without the ball kind of moving around, getting the defense going. And, you know, some of it is like the, the Kings are just cold right now and you just hope that they can kind of get out of it. There, there definitely is a different type of flow to everyone's shot when the ball is moving quick, the ball is being passed around, decisive, uh, everyone's touching it, it's being shared. Like it, there's just a different energy that you can almost feel through the basketball when your offense is flowing like that, absolutely. So when the shot is taken by someone, it's that pure confidence like, oh, it's my turn, this is the offense, this is the style, this is what it's supposed to look like. And I think sometimes what you're seeing in some of these three-point shots, it almost it's not that it feels rushed when the shot is taken. It just feels quick. It feels like, oh, I got this look and the ball was passed three different times. So this is probably the best shot. Sometimes it's going to be, but other times when you're just like not feeling it, take that pump fake, go, maybe take a closer two. you know, like get, get in your mid range. You saw Joel Embiid in drop coverage so many times, especially in that pick and roll. There was times when I was like, when are guys going to find their more of their mid-range shots rather than having to settle for the outside three? You saw Chemezi Metu take some early ones too, where he's just, you know, he's known to do that at times and it just can deflate everyone. They just need to do a better job of those moments. 
Uh, Rory sent this stat over. So far on this road trip, the Kings have had their two worst offensive games against the Knicks and Sixers. Their second best defensive game against Cleveland and their worst defensive game, Milwaukee. That was based on points scored and allowed per 100 possessions. That's kind of wild. It's been a mixed bag uh, for this team on this trip. Yeah, that is. um, It's really interesting. Uh, Matt Barnes had an interesting point after the game about possibly it being fatigue with these guys, you know, you might not just see it. It might not just be this pure physical fatigue, but more of this mental fatigue when you're just, you're not only on the road, but like you just playing play- such good basketball at such a high level. And then all of a sudden you're playing some bad basketball and not being able to go out of, get out of it. And there could just be something mentally that all guys aren't clicking on the same page. I guess my point though, with that would be like, how do you get out of it? Like the games don't stop. Like you have a game tomorrow and then you got a game Friday and then you come home, but you know, coming home after being away for that long is hard. I just wonder how they're going to get out of it. You know, I mean, it's just, it hasn't looked the same recently and the Mm -hmm. offense hasn't looked the same recently. I'm not expecting the shot making to be as elite as it was to start the year. You know, when people were talking about Kevin Herter shooting 50%, oh, he could do this all year. It's like, well, no, he probably can't. And that's okay. He doesn't need to. You know, Herter is still shooting a career high in three-point percentage. It was 41% coming into tonight's game. It's probably dipped a little bit because he was one of five. But, like, Keegan has been better as of late. You know, his three-point percentage was, I think, at like 37, 38 coming into tonight's game. So, I don't know, just how do you... How do you get out of it then? Yeah, I, I think the, I actually, I don't know the answer to how <laughs> you get out of it, but, but I do I wasn't know. expecting you to know. I, I mean, obviously that's the hundred billion dollar question that the you know, Kings have to figure out too. But it's just like, I, I don't know. I hear what Matt's saying, but I'm like, yeah, they, they had a road trip that they look tired before. And if they're tired now, it's like, well, this is the season. This is what it is. Like I. But that's it. That's it, Deuce. Like they're, they're learning like this group of guys are learning game by game, road trip by road trip, home win by home win, you know, each experience for them. I feel like there is so much growth and, and, um, lessons being learned Mm -hmm. within these situations. And that's why when you do see back to back games like this, we haven't seen this. I know. And so, you know what people start thinking like, oh, this was fake. What is happening? Is this the same old Kangs? Like people get concerned about it. And it's triggering 16 years of misery. You've seen losses like this. And then, you know, you've seen glimpses of great. And then it spirals out of control. One perspective, they're 14 and 12. And the one thing too, that, you know, I think the other perspective I try to have is look at the rest of the West right now. You know, we saw Phoenix not too long ago, and the Kings battled them down the stretch. Phoenix hangs on the win. Booker was insane. Phoenix has lost five in a row. What? Yeah, Phoenix has lost five in a row. And I, I was looking at the Western Conference. Seven of the top 10 teams right now in the West, including Sacramento, have lost four games or more this year. We're talking about... The Warriors had a five-game skid. Phoenix is now to five. You know, and I guess it shouldn't be a surprise based on the fact that, like, the Suns are 16 and 12. The Blazers are 15 and 12. The Clippers are 16 and 13. The Kings are 14 and 12. Dallas 
had that stretch where they looked terrible. They're 14 and 13. Utah's 15 and 14. Golden State's at 500. Minnesota's a game below 500. I just rattled off like seven, eight teams right there that are all kind of the same, right? In terms of like, they've been really up and down. And it's, it's kind of interesting. And then like, you have a team like the Rockets who looked terrible to start the year. Can we call, talk about the Rockets wins over the last five games? Morgan, they beat Phoenix. Lost to the Warriors, okay. They beat the Sixers in overtime in Harden's first game back. They lost to San Antonio, weird. You know who they beat the last two games? Who? Milwaukee and Phoenix. It makes sense. They're 9 and 18. Like, so I think you, you know, you have to, I'm not saying like, hey, ignore what you're seeing here. It's not a big deal. But also, hey, there's a lot a season to go. And if your expectations for the Kings were that they were a team that was kind of a play-in team, it's going to be up and down at times. And you just hope that, all right, bad loss tonight, bad loss against the Knicks. When you take on Toronto playing without OG and not having a true five, they really don't. Siakam's been playing the five. Like, go beat Toronto. Now, I'd caution you on this. Toronto, despite their record and some of the stuff that they've had to overcome this year, they're really good at home. They're really good at home. Toronto on the season, they are, let me double check this. Uh, they're 13 and 14. They lost the back-to-back games in Orlando. Again, weird. Yeah. Um, but they are 10 and 3 at home. 3 and 11 on the road. Well, we we talked about this with Cleveland, though. Also a oh, really good yeah, yeah. home team, and the Kings beat them. Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm not saying it's, I mean, I actually think the Kings can, can take care of business tomorrow. And I think that they just, it, look, they've got some talented pieces. Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam has been amazing this year. 28 points or 25 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. He looks outstanding. OG has hip issues right now. So he's out. Gary um, Trent Jr. Yeah. Who's been kind of up and down. Yeah. Um, it's a winnable game tomorrow, and you win tomorrow, okay, then don't screw around in Detroit. I, I You cannot be losing the game in Detroit. I don't care. Don't play the, well, it's the final game of a long road trip. Like That's the game you go. You got to go win that game. Come back three and three. You If I were to tell you before the trip, a three and three road trip, you, you take it. Now, it doesn't mean you like what you saw tonight or against the Knicks, but you would take that if they take care of business the next couple. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, you know, yeah, I think against the, the Raptors, it's just, I can't sit here confidently and be like, yeah, Raptors just lost to Orlando two games, you know, straight Yeah, yeah. and the Kings should definitely beat them. No, uh, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying it's a winnable game. I know it's the second I have a back to back. And I wasn't saying, I wasn't saying that you were saying that I'm just saying from the perspective of looking at this squad and then looking at the Raptors. And I think I could feel more confident if the Kings had won the last couple, maybe, you know, and they were, or even if they had lost, but playing their style of basketball, I would feel more. No, you're right. But like right now against Toronto, I just still think Nick nurse and the rest of like the squad, like they just, they, they know how to win games. They're up and down. And for the Sacramento Kings, this team plays well on their home floor. You got to get back to what style you were playing 
in the beginning of this season or, you know, the 10 games go, whenever you want to talk about it, you got to get back to that style. You have to have that pure effort out there, whatever it is, find it within, find that energy. Even if De'Aaron Fox isn't going to be able to step up and have that same spark that we need to see him have, great, that's fine. Then make sure everyone else is stepping up. Davion Mitchell with two points tonight and just the way that he's not playing yeah. with like pure force and confidence, it's just not, it's it's not acceptable for him anymore. Yeah, he's been disappointing on this, in this road trip from an offensive standpoint. Like he was one of eight tonight, oh of two from three. No one was really good tonight. I mean, Keegan, after really the last five games, averaging 18 points a game, great shooting. He was one of five, one of four from three. The only guy that put up numbers was Sabonis, who had 22 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. He did it on eight of 10 in just under 30 minutes. Dude, I, I, I love what he's doing out there. It's fun to see. He's getting the love and recognition that he deserves nationally as well um, from how he's playing. But I think if you're the rest of the team, you need to make sure that you are using him the right way. And I'm not talking about the coaching staff. I'm not talking about the offense because that's all in place to use him the right way. If you're the rest of the team, like he's doing everything right with his dribble handoffs, with his screens, with his uh, way that he will get you the ball. If you're open, you just got to make sure you're doing your part and he'll make the rest be executed. He's been great. He really has. And it was unfortunate he got in foul trouble tonight. Cause I was kind of looking forward to seeing what he was able to do in like a longer stretch and you need to get off to a good start early. They didn't do that. They didn't do it. Well, you move on. Hey, gotta get another game tomorrow. A uh, question, Morgan, what is the weirdest score of the night? Um, let me give it to you. Uh, Milwaukee, 128-111. Okay. Over the over the Warriors, 128-111. Houston, 111-97 over Phoenix. Or the team that had the best record in the Western Conference today, the Pelicans, they lost to the Jazz 121-100. to Oh, I'm going to go with the Pelicans lost to the Jazz. This is what I'm saying. This is what I want everyone to realize tonight. This is the West. The Pelicans, the last week. Hey, how much have we been hearing over the last week? Uh, Pelicans might be able to win a championship this year. It's they, it's a long year. I like the Pelicans. I'm not taking away anything. My point is they lost by 21 to the Jazz tonight. Seven game. I mean, they were on a seven game winning streak. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it's. I mean, obviously those streaks are going to come to an end. And sometimes it's like, oh my, they were four. They were four of 27 from three tonight. See, it, it definitely happens. Yeah. And I think what's fun is that we just expect more now from this King squad already <laughs> that it's like when we're even talking about a loss against the Sixers, you're allowed to lose, Yeah, yeah. but it's how you lose and how you lost against the Sixers, a good team in the East and how you lost against the Knicks, a okay team in the East. It's just, it's not acceptable. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Is this um, anything to give love to, or should we dismiss this? The Kings gave up 80 points in the first half. The Sixers only scored 43%. I mean, 43 points in the second half. No? Mm, 
Do we throw it away? No. All right. Let's. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just want to see what you're going to say. No, let's Mike Brown on this shit and be like, no, that's not part of our standards. That's not part of our life. You got it. That's that. Get it out. The next question I have for you. Yeah. We got some pretty awesome news today. Do we share this now or do we wait until some other time? Like, you know, we got some loyal people here that are hanging out after a King's loss. Do we tell them? Because I know they would enjoy, Dude, they would feel yeah. good for us. Sure right. now. On a sure night now. where the Kings got absolutely destroyed, we got an awesome call today. Morgan got a call. She is going to be doing some analyst work for the NBA G League showcase in Vegas. She did this last year. She's going to be doing that. And she's going to be doing some sideline work for ESPN? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Super, super cool. It's just, I mean, it's cool. Opportunities coming. Um, you know me. I want to do as much color as I can do, and but I'm excited to get some um sideline reporting work too it's something i you know i just want to get better and better at so um but deuce how about you finish off the good news i also got a call today and deuce mason is going to vegas for the g league showcase uh nba said hey deuce you want to do some sideline reporting work for the nba g league showcase in vegas and i said Give me hell, yeah. So, yes, both of us going to Vegas this year. Last year was Morgan. She said, huh, Huntus, you don't get to go. You're not good enough. Well, guess what, Morgan? I'm going this year to the NBA G League Showcase, baby. Anyway, that was the great news today. It felt really good. It was very chaotic today and all this. And then hearing that, was it was it was awesome. Dude, no, it's it's really cool news. Um, you We'll get to the bad news. There's bad news? The bad news is the Kings play twice next week, Monday and Wednesday against Charlotte and the Lakers at home. We don't know what games we're doing on uh, those days. We're doing multiple games from December 19th through the 22nd. Um, So night chat could be very late at night, but we are bringing the equipment on the road and doing night chat from Vegas. Yeah, but Deuce, not only that though, we got we'll make sure too to let everyone know every single time um that we're about to do a game, whether it's on yeah, NBA, yeah, yeah. ESPN or whatever. So you guys can kind of join the fun with us too. So I have the best you. idea ever. What? Could we get one of those nights like I don't know. Hey, Namias Kata, you wanna come on night chat with us? Talk some kings? Keanu, hey Bobby Jackson, they're gonna be in Vegas. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good idea. I love it. So yes, we're gonna be live. It's just we don't know exactly what time we're gonna be live after those games. Are we gonna make them come up to to like a hotel room? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're bringing. We brought. We're gonna bring all the equipment. It's not gonna be as like dialed in as you see on YouTube all the time. We'll still be able to stream it. Uh, but yeah, we'll have the camera set up, the mics, and we'll hang out, do night chat, and hopefully it'll be good versions of it. Oh yeah. No, Maybe I'm Keon excited. Ellis comes through, huh? Chima Dude. Moneki? Could Chima come? Chima. Yeah, I would oh, I love talking to him. He's so great. Quick shout uh, out to the Stockton Kings today. I don't know if you saw their score. Dude, I didn't see the score, but I heard some of your calls. 
You it. were killing it. it. Uh, Stockton won one twenty-eight to eighty-five. Their their biggest lead was forty-nine at one point, and that was without Kada. That was without Keon Ellis, Chima Moneki, nineteen points, fourteen rebounds, four dimes, two blocks on five of seven. Did a lot of work at the free throw line. Um, who else jumped out to me? Jordan Ford had eighteen. DJ Stewart had twenty. I I had to drop the twenty-one. Can you do something for me? Because he wore his number twenty-one. He had the, he had a nasty jam. Did you see his jam? I'm going to show it on I, YouTube. I played it. Show. I I played it for uh, Matt Barnes because we were talking. Did he like about, it? Did he or did he cringe? I don't think he knew it was you. I just played it because I was showing him uh, DJ Stewart, okay, and he on. was just like, "Oh shit!" It was did a he- nasty jam. I'm going to show it. Hold on. <laughs> Let's see if I can get this right. Unmute. Okay. 23 and 12 game the other night. Turnover, here's DJ Stewart. All the way for the jam! Oh, 21! Can you do something for me? Do you, hey, Morgan, do you get it? No, I, I think I get it. And I just think it's, like, going to be your new thing. Even, even when this, um, I guess, Drake's new album isn't even cool anymore, that has to be your thing for DJ Stewart now forever. Thank you. I think it's yeah. going to be. Uh, my poll question for the chat tonight, Morgan, does tonight's loss concern you? The options? No, but they got to get back on track. Or as I type, no, but they got a big on track. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Uh, the next option was a little bit. And then the last one was, yes, this is fragile. Um, where do you weigh in? No, but they got to get back on track or a little bit or yes, this is fragile. No, but they got to got to get back on track okay. because if they keep going down the slope, then I'm going to feel a different answer. That's fair. That's fair. What what was the percentages? 34% say no, but they got to get back on track. Uh 47% say a little bit. 19% say yes, this is fragile. Whoa. It is so wild how things shift and people again have to understand because people were reminding me in the chat it's against the Sixers a really good team with some really good players as well that's fair also appreciate all the love in the chat uh, congratulating us on doing some G League showcase work it's a huge deal for us as two people who are trying to grind our way in the broadcast industry so thank you so much and appreciate your guys' support because I think it literally helps us in such a big way. Um, Morgan, do you have something to say? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with what you were saying about literally everyone that has supported. It's because of everyone supporting us that we are where we are and what we're doing. So just like, I feel like one big team, you know, how people say it takes a village. It takes an effing village. So thank you guys. Well, Morgan, December 15th is approaching, and so many people are looking forward to that date because that means, hey, trades can happen for guys who sign contracts over the offseason. As we talked about on last night, chat, the rumors start going. So I'd like to welcome you into DMZ. We have a new King's rumor. Let me read it and see what you think. This one's from The Athletic, Morgan. James Edwards, who covers the Pistons, wrote about the Pistons situation. They could be moving on from a lot of guys. Of course, uh, they lose. Um, 
Why am I blanking? Help me. I'm dying. I'm 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 dr help me. I'm treading water. Who'd they lose? The shin injury. Young. Oh, Cade Cunningham? Cade Cunningham. I couldn't think of it, Morgan. My God. Uh anyway, Cade Cunningham is out for the year, but they're going, don't laugh at me. They're going off a, a list of players who could be on the move. They mentioned uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, Alec Burks, and because it's Christmas time, they uh, mention Nerlens Noel. Noel, Noel, Nerlens Noel. Do the Kings need his shop blocking presents today? How's that? Noel, I'm gonna. Noel. I think I'm gonna give you singing lessons, even though I don't know like how to properly give them. Well, let's get back to this. Leak sources who are granted anonymity, okay, so they could speak freely. This is serious trade talks. All right, off the record, uh, they have told the athletic that the Pistons are looking to move the veteran big man Nerlens Noel. Both sides have agreed that a deal is best. For both parties, and Detroit has already had talks with rival teams about Noel. Portland, Miami, Dallas, and Sacramento have been the most engaged when it comes to acquiring the 28-year-old Nerlens Noel. He's not really playing at all for the Pistons, had some flashes with the Knicks. He's bounced around the league a bit. Uh, it's no surprise that the four teams interested in him are teams that maybe need some more help up front. Portland, Sacramento, Miami, uh, and Dallas, who desperately needs some help up front. Uh, Nerlens Noel has a team option for his contract next year of around around nine, I think nine point six million dollars. So, um, yeah, hmm. I, I, you know, I, I'm not against it. You know, you try to figure out, all right, where does it, where does he fit in there? Is he just take Metu's minutes? Obviously, he's not going to stretch the floor, but he could set a screen. He could block some shots. Solid. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's tough, Deuce, because it's another, It's he's definitely a big guy who is definitely on the slimmer side, but I think is good at using his size, uh, can be a rim protector, but what? what's that look like in an offense next to DeMontis Sabonis or are you just, yeah, he, I, he's not playing next to Sabonis. Ever, yeah. Ever no, I, I, I just can't imagine that, you know, I mean, Neither obviously. I, okay. Yeah, Neither no, it's, I. I mean, you, I think you have to be realistic, you know, at his, the most minutes he ever played, you'd have to go back to his first years in the league. But since he's kind of bounced around, remember he's been in Philly, Dallas, Oklahoma city, the Knicks and Pistons. I mean, he was playing like 22, 24 minutes a night. Yeah. This year, he's playing 10. And it's obviously a team that's not really headed anywhere at the moment, right? They're more thinking about the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's 15, 20 minutes a night. I mean, yeah. I, it's I fine. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't move the needle a lot. It, you wouldn't have to give up a ton to get him. Um, it's fine. Yeah, and no, and I'm like trying not to be picky because like no. I'm I'm looking back even on his. Oh, Murray uh, wants more of a splash, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I 
you know, it's interesting when we were talking about Hartenstein the other day, just his girth, his size made more sense to me coming off the bench. Like where Nerland's Noel, I don't, and I guess Hartenstein can even stretch the floor a little bit more. Um, Noel, I, I was looking back at his last season, 2020, 2021 season, when he had 64 games that he played, even right, just right. Give us more of a sample size. And it's like, you're talking like five points, whatever, but looking at his blocks, averaging two blocks per game. So sure. If he could really add that rim protection, cause you look how it went down, but he also, also has played less games in these last two seasons. I think, but, I mean, I think he'll, he'll, do what he needs to do, which is come in, try to protect the rim, and get some rebounds. And that's that's something you do need on this roster. I mean, it's it's been rough, you know, when you, your backup situation, one, they, for whatever reason, don't feel comfortable playing Alex Lynn. You know, he's got size, but they don't, they don't play him. Rashawn Holmes is completely out of the rotation. I mean, he came in tonight, but, I mean, it's... I think tonight told you everything. The first big off the bench when Sabonis was in foul trouble was Namias Keda, their guy on a two-way contract who, like, not shitting on him at all, but, like, that just took... I mean, Rashawn Holmes makes $12 million a year. Namias Keda was playing a game in Stockton last week. So that kind of tells you where Rashawn is in the pecking order. I mean, he ends up coming in late in this game tonight and plays, what, six minutes? Yeah, so it's tough. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm fine with Noel. I mean, I, they're gonna they're gonna be active, and I'm curious to see what they end up doing. But there's a long long ways to go before that. December fifteenth is always a date people get excited about, as I mentioned. But it's not like there's an influx of deals on December fifteenth. Also, yeah. people in the chat keep mentioning uh, you met, uh, talking about girth. Insane Cookie says girth. He he. Uh, Gregory says I heart girth. <laughs> Adam says it's all about the girth and says the Kings need girth. And Stephen Brown says girth gets the job done. Why is girth such a funny word? But it's it's true when we talk about some um, body sizes for these guys. God, it just sounds so weird. But you all sickos know what I'm talking about. And it's let's let's act like our, let's act our age. OK, people. Um, but seriously, it's. It's why when I, I look at Rashawn Holmes and why they went to Kata first in the situation that they went in tonight, uh, even with Holmes, it's someone you're more on the slender side, right? And so I just, uh, when I look at what the Kings are possibly trying to add um, and what they need to change, it. It is that yeah. girth because if it's not going to be Alex Len and it's not going to be Rashawn Holmes, but you want something with the in between that can still be in your motion offense and succeed, yeah, you got to find girth plus that. Well, I think Noel would be a, a solid pickup if they were able to swing it. If he's available, that's someone that I think those are the type of moves you look for too. Is like, okay, are someone who's maybe not playing because it's a team looking at lottery balls? Could you? Take advantage of that. And it's someone that, again, is not under some crazy long-term deal. You would not have, have to give up a ton to get him. So definitely something to keep an eye on. And compared to the trade rumors we read the other night, seems a little more realistic than the ones we were reading. Yeah. 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 No, it, it, it it's it's got to be those type of moves yeah. that 
that are going to have to work for the Kings right now, because it's like, look, you're trying not to change what you have going on, but you're also trying to make adjustments by the trade deadline and everything. And I think that that is the type of move. I don't know. Nerlens Noel, when we talked about him within trade talks, even a few years ago, maybe because of where the Kings were and even how he I, was playing. I think we were talking more in free agency, by the way. I okay. Think, I remember, I think we were worried that the Kings were losing Rashawn Holmes. That's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I remember I was, I was very, I was more optimistic about Nerlens yeah. Noel. And I, I don't know why, like, it's not moving the needle for me at all, but I'll get there if that's the case. Uh, shout out to CJ who became a member six straight months for CJ and shout out to one other person who just became a member. Um, Callum who says Matthew Delvadova is better than Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you think of the new NBA awards that came out today? Morgan. You see that the MVP is now named after Michael Jordan. The defensive player of the year is now named after Hakeem Olajuwon. The rookie of the year is named after Wilt Chamberlain. George Mikan, uh, the most improved player, is named after him. And the sixth man is named after John Havlicek. And now there's a new clutch award that's named after Jerry West. I I think it's cool. I think it's a great way to um, honor those guys and what they've done for not only the NBA, but for the world of basketball. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything where I'm like, Oh, that's super special. I just think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool way to, when you give out these awards to honor your past while also honoring the present and, you know, people should know Hakeem. They should know Will, you know, all these guys who had a big impact, you know, Bill Russell is the finals MVP one. Kareem has the social justice award. So, you know, you've kind of, Hit all categories. And of course, none of the players who have an award named after them are current guys. So, exactly. yeah, the MVP yeah. named after Jordan. I think it's cool. I know some people are like, yeah, but shouldn't it be like the Jumpman logo? And it's like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's probably legal reasons for that. But no, I think it's cool. I like it. You know, I, I don't know how you could find a, a problem with it. Would you think about the actual like the crystal trophy with the like little gold guy on it on each one? fine i mean okay. could they have done better i don't know I, I i don't know i didn't examine it that closely i think the awards itself being named after someone it's cool but yeah i don't know was it did you didn't like it I, you know i don't know You're expecting I more the, the way i looked at it i just was like if if i was gonna win all these awards mm-hmm. and they were gonna be in my house is that what I want them to look like? Or do they just kind of look like China, you know, nice like crystal or China with like some little gold dude on it? <laughs> some little gold dude on it. I mean, the Jordan one. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm putting it on the screen now. Okay. Let's see <laughs> Is that here. Stupid. I mean, the no, I think it's actually kind of cool. Oh, that I, one. That one. Okay, wait. That one's cool. That's the Jerry West one. You didn't like Okay. The, you didn't like the, that's for the clutch award. Who's winning the clutch award this year? Oh, so it is a net. It's a basketball net. Oh, is that what it is? I think so. Okay, oh yeah, it is. Cool. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, here we go. There's Hakeem in a nice defensive stance, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Maybe I didn't look at it, but yeah, look, it looks like the gold dude looks stuck. Like he's just stuck in there. 
Yeah, he's it's uh, stuck. His place in history, right? Is that why? Like, let me out! I'm stuck in here. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> I thought it was a cool thing. Wait, someone said a guy frozen, frozen in the glass. Yes. <laughs> uh, someone in the chat alerting us that Jeff Passan reporting that Carlos Correa and the Giants are in agreement on a 13-year, 350 million dollar deal. Wow, that is insane. So Giants get their franchise guy. Oh, man. Yeah, should we spend the next uh, eight hours breaking that one down? No, we will not. Yeah. Well, but that's big can... for the Giants. I, I, can't, I can't believe they gave 13 years 350. I mean, they were desperate to spend some money. I mean, Judge turned them down. They were not. They were losing guys left and right. 28 years old. So, okay. That's. Uh, Okay, so let's see some more people. Are they are they really hating on this uh, in the chat about the award? Let's see. <laughs> Someone said six man should be Lou Will. No. I would say that's like far too current too. Yeah. Trapped in the movie cube. That's funny. Okay. <gasps> anyway, um, one last thing I want to ask you, Morgan. Yeah. We, we have to have a conversation about Tyrese Halliburton. What what about him? He's been doing this look a lot lately, Morgan. The bell bottom look. The huge, like baggy jean look. Uh -huh. I, know, I know he's our guy. We're big Tyrese Halliburton fans. Yeah. Why is this a, 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 do you approve of this look? Can I be honest? Oh God, I cannot wait. I it's not only because he's my guy, I won hundred billion percent approve of the look of now course, i will of say course, this of course i will say this i think he could do a better job with the look with his top attire like the flannel and the white shirt tucked in i don't care i'm so talking like, about the pants morgan the pants that's what i'm saying i'm saying i love the pants he's got to execute the complete look and i think everyone would be about the pants dude Bell bottoms, loose pants, boy cut jeans, all those things, they're in right now. He's just he's just in style. That's all he's he is. Here's my problem with style. It's it's just bizarre to me. What is out of style at one point comes back with a bang. And now all of a sudden baggy pants are back in style. Morgan. I was wearing baggy pants in school. That was like, you had to have baggy pants. You had to like show off your boxers. Like you had to sag super baggy. You weren't cool if you didn't have baggy pants. If they okay. come back in style, there is no chance I am wearing baggy pants again. Like it's the same thing for women when they did like the, the low rise, the low rise jeans. Like I love the high rise and like sucking in my gut and everything rather than the low rise bullshit. I'm not going back to low rise. I'm keeping that shit high and I don't give a damn what anyone thinks. And it's me expressing myself through my fashion. I also have a, I have a fun fact for you too. Oh, I can't wait. Is this uh, about related to this? To Tyrese. Yeah, go ahead. Tyrese is, uh, is, was friends with Brock Purdy in college. Yeah, I saw him tweet about it. Oh, okay. I, I'm just, the Brock Purdy stuff is is a little too much for me. He had a good game. Really good, great story. Great, I mean, the guy was a seventh round pick. Last pick of the draft. Great story. What? We need to tap the brakes. 
We need to tap let, the brakes, Niners let, fans. Let people let people be. People are Jimmy just gonna... G first game slobbered all over him. Like th- this guy, yeah. Look, all he needs to do, Brock Purdy just needs to go in there and not make mistakes. That defense is really good. It should be able to carry you a long way. Get the ball to McCaffrey. Let's have some fun. But like, I mean, it, it just is so overboard with Purdy sometimes. We're like, okay. Yeah, I, that touchdown pass to Ayuk, you mean like that was severely underthrown? Ayuk had to like make a play to get go back and get it. Yeah, it was great. But Dude, they don't talk about that. This is what people do. And they did the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. But it's like, don't even be surprised. <laughs> Let people just like be excited and then shit on them and every everything people do. I think it's hilarious too. Whenever we go back and have to look at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers and be like, look at him compared to Tom Brady and Brett Favre and whoever the hell else. And like, they yeah. had all the same winning numbers um, and made it to this many, you know, NFC championships and whatever during their time. And it's like, Okay, but it doesn't all fall on the quarterback. Like those stats are proving my sure. point about it not always falling just all on the quarterback. And we just give all the love to the quarterback or we give all the hate to the quarterback. It's just more of a cultural thing. And I think if you really are into football, you understand that that's not the case. Can we go back to Tyrese for a second yes. in the baggy pants? So yes. what if I just started embracing like every new look that came about and I just started wearing baggy pants? Do you it's think not, no, I mean, I'm, I, tell me if there's one person bringing the, the no collared shirt out, it's me. I'm setting this trend. That's not true. You did not set that trend. That trend has been like happening for a little bit now, but you're just confidently wearing it and you're wearing it in yes. basic earth tones. Yeah. So it's not uh, like imagine, imagine me wearing baggy pants now. What if I started doing that? That was my new thing. I just show up with baggy pants, but I owned it. You don't think I could pull it off? I, I think you could if you really wanted to, but knowing you, you're doing it as a bit like a prop. I'm not. Okay. Okay. I can't win. I cannot win with you. I can't. Uh, Amar in the chat says, I felt like crap after this loss, but you both have lifted my spirit. I don't know if I believe you, but I'll take it. I appreciate that. Steven says, I'm with Mo. Screw the folks. Look ridiculous as long as it looks good on you. I'm uh, with it. And uh, you know, People think I look weird all the time. I don't care. No, that's true. Um, also in the chat, uh, Joe Smith says, Nick Mullins is the GOAT. Yeah. Yeah. Remember everyone? Oh, Nick Mullins. Right. Right. Anyway, are we. How about us? Are we doing a sports show now? What are we talking about? Talking some kings. All of a sudden, we talk awards. Then we get into Brock Purdy and Carlos Correa. What is happening to us? I don't know. Uh, that's a good time to wrap it up. We appreciate you guys being here. We're going to be back uh, tomorrow night following Kings and Raptors. Morgan, are you? What's your plan for them? Are you going to be in studio? Or are you going to be? uh calling in what, what do you think um i think if i think if it's a win i should do it from san francisco and if it's a loss <laughs> i should probably be driving back you know what deal deal yeah that's a good deal okay all right well appreciate you guys so so much we love you guys but we gots to go you're all so badass for being here thank you everyone we'll see you tomorrow see ya deuce and mo deuce and mo 
Goose and Mo. They tell you what they know. Goose and Mo. Goose and Mo. Goose and Mo. The podcast that you know. Goose and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Save big money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save 